You're listening to a Big Stick Energy Productions podcast. What up, what up, what up, everybody? This is the first edition of the new rebranded Big Stick Energy Productions podcast group. We are starting off with our Flyers-themed podcast, the Gritisons of Philadelphia, or so we think that's what it's called. We haven't really, I don't know. I've, I've gone through three names today trying to figure out what we're going to end up calling it. So by the dropping of this episode... When it drops, you will know what the official name is because I'll have to confirm it by that point. Um, so I'm your host, Eric Rayer, uh, finally leading the charge after before I was, you know, I was a little bit of the co-pilot, but I get my own, I get my own ship to lead now. Uh, with me is my two co-hosts. That's right. But it's a new one, new host today. We got a new host. First is Jim. You know, Jim. Say hi, Jim. What up, what up, what up? <laughs> and joining the Big Stick Energy Productions family is Nick Puglisi. How you doing, Nick? Hello, how's it going? Oh, it's going well, boys. It's good to be back. I've, I've missed talking to you awesome. guys. It's good I for sports it. to be back. Yeah, until it inevitably crashes and burns. But we won't get into that now. <laughs> yeah, we're, no. we're not there yet. No, we're a positive on. podcast. Our fans want positivity. Yeah, I, I think there's going to be a lot of good stuff to happen, especially coming out of Flyers camp. I've been paying attention to that a little bit coming down the stretch here. I've, uh, yeah, I've been obviously me being the Flyers guy of the podcast. My eyes have been glued to my phone ever since it was announced that, yes, the Philadelphia Flyers and the NHL have officially confirmed the return to play which will start – well, it's kind of started already, but it'll start officially June 28th with the first few exhibition games to get the boys back in shape. And then August 1st, the qualifying round starts, and it's going to be a fun It's going to be a fun two months. Speaking of the qualifying rounds, who are we looking at? What, what do you think is going to be the uh, Flyers' first opponents here? Um, all right, so – I have I have a lot of that to go into in terms of like how I feel the schedule is going to kind of play out. But also I feel like my best bet to jump into it right away is to get um, just kind of a rundown of like all the teams that are in it. And then they've already announced like a schedule of. All right, let me actually explain it like this. This is a better way. So there's like four round robin teams who are the best teams in the east and west. It is the Flyers, Capitals, uh, Bruins, and Tampa Bay Lightning for the East. And then the West, where is the West, actually? Give me one second. Not in Greenland. (laughs) Is that what a picture is that I'm seeing right now? No, it's just a (laughs) geography joke that... (laughs) 
<laughs> it hasn't even been five minutes and we're already doing really bad jokes. Um, <laughs> all right. And then you have for the round robin. Well, I'll talk about, here it is. Is it a round robin or is it a spherical robin? I'm it's more round. It's uh, the okay. blues, the avalanche, the stars, the Dallas stars, and the uh, Las Vegas Golden Vegas, Knights. Yeah. Yeah. So um, they'll play in like a little bit of like a, uh, just like a, I think it's only like one game each. Yeah. And, but they'll play each other once. And then that's who will determine like, essentially it's going to reseed everyone. So it's, Everyone was kind of thinking like, oh, the Flyers are going to play the Penguins because they're the fourth best team. And and then, but it, it we could play anyone. We could start off playing Toronto. We could start off playing, ball, uh, we can't play Boston. So we can't play any of the four round robin teams, but it, it really depends on how this all goes. It's going to be, it's, you're not really going to know until, um, the two weeks after the qualifying round starts. Yeah. Basically, uh, our first week back or for the top teams, it's just going to be decide seeding. All the other teams that are uh, still in the bracket are, will be facing elimination. Yeah. They're the ones who are going to essentially like we're in the playoffs. We're confirmed. The playoff, the Stanley cup qualifying round is actually, it's, it's essentially like them salvaging that last little bit of the season and that's why they have a lot of the the teams like the Montreal Canadiens and the Blackhawks, the teams which we could get into the politics of like the Blackhawks were essentially in la- like close to last place. So I don't really know how they're in it, but it just makes for exciting hockey. So I'm not going to complain, but there, this is like the most open that a, um, an NHL playoff has been before. Cause it's really anybody's game. Like it's anyone can go, uh, go all the way. I think, I mean, obviously there's those teams that you really, I don't think belong in there, but you never know how hot you get right when at the start. It's basically a fresh season for everyone. It'd be interesting to see uh, the teams towards the bottom of the list. See if uh, Couple this reignites happened. a new spark for them. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Jim, what was the, what was the question? Was it the teams that are all in it? I was just going to say, who do you think that the Flyers are going to end up facing in the first round coming up? Uh, well, we have, we have Boston in the round robin. Yeah, mm-hmm. we have um, to begin with. We have, I think, we go Boston, Washington, and then we play Tampa last. So, and by the Tampa okay. by the Tampa game, they're essentially probably going to know where they're seated because unless, like, you know, there could be like maybe if we're like two and one, and then say like the Bruins are two and one, then it'll come down to that third game. But I, I'd assume by that point, everyone's going to kind of know who they're facing. Yeah. Um, so well, I don't. We think, would know who we're potentially facing. Well, potentially because, facing. We'll at least know yeah. where we're seated, but we won't yeah. know who we're facing because you don't know who's gonna. Oh yeah. Wait. We'll, I just realized. We'll know one saying. of. Yeah. Yeah. One yeah, of the two we'll, teams. I just realized. Yeah. One of the two teams. The, the seating. Yeah. This whole reseeding bullshit that I've just tried to explain to myself. I feel like I was like, oh, anyone can end up playing us, even if we seed second or third. But yeah. Um, well, I think uh, it's. It's 24 teams. Yeah, 24 teams in total, so 12 on each side. And then um, four out of the 12 are already in the playoffs. The other eight are essentially playing for a spot in the playoffs. And then after the qualifying round, the official Stanley Cup playoffs kick off, which actually they released a – 
it was like a little TV spot commercial today that I watched and they're, they actually have like a logo says Stanley cup qualifiers. So it's not even like the playoffs. So they're, they're using it as like the, I wonder if, if they're painting on the ice, if they're going to paint, I'd assume probably not, but I don't know if they're going to paint, um, Stanley cup qualifying round on the ice, but I'd assume it would just be Stanley cup playoffs. Cause I know that all the teams are going to be playing on one ice surface. Usually they change out the yeah. logos, but I don't know if they're going to bother doing that. Cause that ice is going to be destroyed over the course of this two months. So. Yeah. It's going to be used by like every team, like frequently. Yeah. I don't see them changing the ice. Cause and then not, they'd also have to change it for the round Robin. And not till the Stanley cup, uh, not until the finals, at least, which will be played in Edmonton. Right. But we'll get to that. We'll get to that a little. Hey, bit. I, ice painters need to make a living too. Well, they're going to be making saying. a living. Um, all right. So <laughs> to answer your question, Jim, I really don't know who's going to play the Flyers in the first round. It's really up in the air now. Oh, I don't yeah, like it's... that answer. I prefer answers. Well, you know what? I I'm just glad that we. I'm glad we're debating who they're playing right now. <laughs> it could have been, it could have been, yo, when do you think the flyers are going to play again? And I'll be like, well, it's, we have a chance of 2037 and uh, 2045. We we're really waiting on the results. So at least it's, at least we're, we're coming back, but uh, yeah. all right. So let me, so where do you guys think I should go with, right now do you think i should go into the schedule a little more do you think i should go into like how what's kind of the return is dictated by like the bubble i was gonna yeah, say I would talk the about the bu- yeah because we're talking about the nhl as a whole right now before we get yeah. into flyers let's talk about okay the bubble. talk about the nhl buble like the michael buble yeah the buble okay make a note around this time that you needed to pause all right. Note, I had to pause. There you go. Does it give you like a little uh, timer thing or no? No, it doesn't. Oh, okay. I'll just have Never to mind. listen. I should make it. I should, next time I got a, I should set a timer. All right, I'm back. So you ready? Leave a long pause yep. and then we can start up. Okay. All right. Okay, so as I said, the NHL is currently looking at returning. It's pretty much confirmed. They are in, there's been four phases of um, their return to play protocol that they've been going through. They're in phase three, which is their training camp stage. So the NHL, Flyers included, uh, started training camp on Monday, which was the 13th. So they started, so they have two weeks of training camp and then on July 26th is when they fly out to uh, the West and the East fly out to their respective hub cities, which for the East it's in Toronto. And then for the West it's in Edmonton, as you are obviously probably thinking it's, they're both in Canada because I don't really want to get into the political standpoint of all this, but <laughs> Canada has been handling this pandemic a little bit better. And obviously the NHL felt that it was a safer environment for their players, which I'm sure you guys agree with too. I think it was the best option for a successful right. return if they were going to, because I don't think any city in the U S could 
really house a no. salvageable situation. But um, yeah, no, I, yeah, I agree. Unlike, I think. Go ahead, Nick. Yes, I was going to say, unlike the other bubble for the NBA, the uh, NHL has a chance to choose another country. Yeah, they have a chance to choose another country, and it seems like because the NHL was like the last team to really kind of announce their return which makes me think that they put a little bit more, um, you know, time and effort into the safety side of things. And also like there, there was a whole, like, were, there was a whole month that it was like Vegas was going to be the city, which would make the most sense in any other situation. But once Vegas started to have some more spikes, um, they kind of yeah, were it's like, just, it's really, it's really Canada. They were like, it's gotta be Canada or, or die essentially. So Oh, yeah, that was a bad <laughs> pun. <laughs> uh, but, um, that was dark. We're back. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I totally, I think Canada that was the obvious choice. I mean, like, yeah. I feel like they can spread out more up there. Like, not that Canada doesn't have a that popula- population density in the cities that they're going to, but, like, I feel like the cities there are a lot more, are a lot less population density like it's possible yeah. but also that then which allows them they're essentially creating like a whole like the bubble is essentially them shutting off the entirety of toronto like a whole section it's just like no one can come in and out it's going to be like the national guard is there but it's just going to be a bunch of hockey guys <laughs> which is, which is <laughs> the funny. hockey national guard um so we're so like i said we're in phase three and then once they fly out to their cities i'll just give a little bit of uh, rundown of how it's going to go. So there is a couple groups. It looks like five groups of like staff and individuals who are being permitted to go onto, um, you know, in the bubble. Essential personnel to games being played. So it's like the players, the club personnel, which there's like a limit to all the cl- like who can come and like. How, how many rostered players you can bring, how many coaches can come, how many, you know, trainers. And there's like, you can't like over exceed a certain amount, obviously for safety reasons, but then like the refs, the NHL hygiene officers, which are the guys who are essentially going to make sure that these fucking guys are clean. Like they're going to basically scrub down the bench every period, every game, every, you know, brush your goddamn teeth. Right. Yeah. They're going to be like, brush your teeth. You dirty Canucks <laughs> brush your one tooth, Jerry. Come on. Um, club compliance officers, which are the guys who are going to enforce the bubble. There's locker room attendants, locker room security, uh, facility compliance staffers, which I guess are the people who are going to make sure that like no one gets in the facilities at all. Or that could even mean like the people who just make sure that they're staying in, you know, like the hotel and areas. Um, and then there's like NHL staffers, like social media people, penalty box officials, the NHL studios, people who do like the TV stuff. Um, yeah. And then there's, uh, then the people who are coming from through the medical people who work for the NHL, as well as the people who are going to test them for COVID-19, I think every day, which sounds fucking awful because I don't, I've seen that video of the no, thing gets stuck up your nose and every single day yeah, does not look fun. It's not fun. Saying, uh, um, to cut, <laughs> actually to cut, to cut off, uh, to kind of switch gears, Brian Boucher, who uh, obviously former flyers goalie, but also, works as the as one of the commentators for 
uh, NBC or NHL and NBC, he tweeted a picture today of the, the little kit that they sent. And he was like the first of three straight tests just to get to the bubble. <laughs> and I'm just like, that sounds fucking terrible. Well, that's the, uh, that's also the most important time to catch the virus. If anyone has it, you don't want them bringing it into the bubble. Exactly. So they'll, they'll anyone who tests positive, which I mean, we'll, we'll kind of, jump into like the whole penguins little uh, little uh thing that came out but it sounds like yeah. that's okay which i was trying to look at for today to see if anything came out um really yeah but doesn't really look like there's i think they'll be all right um the second group is the business side of things so like the hotel staff the event coverage, medical staff, the off-ice officials, the people who work like upstairs in the booth to catch the stuff on TV. Um, group three is security, event coverage, medical staff, bartenders, food servers, and then the ice crew to clean the ice. Then there's the arena food and beverage workers. So I'm guessing... For all the fans that are going to be there? Well, I think the players can come to the games, so they'll probably be there for the players. Oh, yeah <laughs> dude how many fucks how many times are we gonna hear fuck on live television from all this apparently they were debating um like having a delay to censor it and i'm like fuck that dude give me a 50 dollar pay-per-view charge and let me let me hear uncensored hockey <laughs> um and then the group five is they also the the website i'm on which is nbcsports.com it lists like how much contact that these people are going to have with each other um, between the groups. And then this group five is the least amount of contact with any other group. That's the third party vendors, the police, the fire marshal, the media, and some of the other hotel staff. And they're, they're going to actually be housed in a separate hotel. Um, And I, I think they're all, I think a lot of these groups are going to be in separate hotels and then there's a couple, it yeah. says like a couple of the groups for short durations will be exposed to the other players. Um, but every time that they go back to their hotel, they have to be tested, undergo temperature checks daily. So yeah. the testing part, obviously it'll be, uh, they'll be tested thoroughly. It says the league expects it may exceed 2000 tests a day. Um, yeah. So uh, with all the players and like coaches alone, that's like I think twelve hundred. Yeah, it's a day. Absurd. It's absurd. Um, and then obviously, if a player tests positive, they have to do the contract contact tracing. And then um, I think that I guess that warrants ten days of isolation, and then they'll start to kind of like dictate like how are you doing. They'll do some more tests, and then. We'll, well, that's one of those bridges I'm sure the NHL is waiting to cross when they have to. I don't want to say like, obviously it's not, it's not inevitable because there is a chance that once everyone's in the bubble, then it'll be fine. But now is the most important part of um, worrying about is someone going to contract the virus because everyone's still kind of separated and you're hoping that the teams are enforcing it, which it sounds like they are. They're enforcing yeah. the, like, make sure you're, you know, being safe, being cautious, but you're not a hundred percent, you know, you're not a hundred percent safe unless you're really enclosed. So yeah, it's going to take a lot of discipline. 
Yeah. We already saw with the with the NBA bubble that's already yeah. been violated a few times. I'm hoping we don't have any of that in the NHL. But um the penalty we're getting into the penalties for non-compliance now. So we're gonna it says that uh they have to quarantine for 10 to 14 days if they do not obey hygiene regulations and teams can face fines or even even lose a draft pick. So if you, you basically your team is fucked. Uh, your third party vendors can face contract termination and the an NHL staff member could face dismissal. Um, That's and serious shit, man. And it's a very serious situation. Well, they're obviously because they're like, everyone's risking their life right now. Don't be an asshole, which I don't yeah, see there being any problems with any of the staff members. I don't see the players. Once the players get in the heart of the playoffs, no one's going to want to fuck it up. That's the thing. It's like one, they just yeah. got to, it just got to get there. And I have faith that the NHL has done everything they can to make sure it's the safest environment. So I'm not really worried about um, anything really happening in that regard. Yeah. It seems like it's being handled very well. Yeah, the best that it can, the best way, I mean, obviously this is unpredictable circumstances, yeah. but in terms of as best you can handle something, uh, they've done a pretty stand-up job of, and I mean, if they pull this off, they're going to be one of those, they're going to get congratulated because they're going to be like, I can't believe you guys did it. So it's going to be awesome. Um, and then the last thing that they talk about is just opting out and cancellation, which we've already passed. That was um, Monday was the last chance for any players to opt out for like right. just to opt out in terms of like them, you know, not wanting to play. But um, I I'd think like to th- throw it in there that no flyers have opted out. No flyers opted out. Um, Lars Zeller of the Washington Capitals opted out today, but it's because his kid was born. So he went home, mm. and then he'll come back and have to quarantine for another couple of days, I think. So oh, he's allowed back. Yeah, they're allowed back for um, pers- like really personal reasons. Like I think okay. that they let them come back, and then they have to quarantine. And um, yeah, so it's just a matter of like notifying the employer, which is, that's fine. But um, I think only like five or six players opted out. I know Travis Hamanick of the. Calgary Flames opted out. <sighs> Mike Green of the Oilers opted out. A lot of players who opted out are like players who like only played like 10 or 11 games in the season. The player, no, no one like, no one of super importance on a team has really opted out. It's a lot of the guys who probably know it's not worth going to the bubble city to sit on a bench. Like it's not yeah, like, it's not going to change the team structure. Yeah, it's those guys. No one, which I didn't expect any major stars. The only person who's, I think, has an exception right now is Max Domi on the Canadians because he's a type 1 diabetic. And apparently coronavirus has been shown to be a, um, to affect diabetes, especially in type 1. So he's... um, Obesity is a... Yeah. He's been sitting, he's been sitting... um, Gotta love that obesity he's he's been uh he's been sitting around and uh i think he has like a seven day choice of what he wants to do but there's been things come out that have like even his like personal doctor has recommended like you should go because you'll be safe like you should you should go you you have a better chance of probably being safer in that bubble which is kind of what people are getting at is like you guys honestly have a safer chance in the bubble than you do uh just being in the world 
because yeah because you're, you're gonna be around people you're gonna be around people yeah. and you're also gonna be protected because you're not gonna be allowed to leave so it's like and it sucks in that regard not being able to leave but at the same time it's like it's not like they're not there to do something. They also are going to have bars and restaurants that are going to be open for them. Like they're going to have stuff to do. It's just like, you're not going to be able to like get laid for two months. So, I mean, I mean, you never know. It might turn into like a prison, prison situation. where (laughs) (laughs) What you see is what you get, you know, (laughs) prison break NHL edition. (laughs) Um, um, I, I mean, I think that's great. I, I think they're probably doing it the best of any sport, especially with that um, uh, having uh, restaurants and things for them to do. Yeah, because I was reading the differences um, between the NHL and the NBA's bubbles, and the NBA bubble almost like a lot of these players are, which it's like, it's a kind of a third world thing to complain about, but they're not, they're living in like essentially like a a middle tier hotel their food doesn't look that great um hey so disney hotels are top of the line i mean not the one i, of the, I mean hotels. i mean it looks like a nice hotel but for these guys who are used to living in like huge mansions and stuff and the nhl basically gave them like the ho- like the one hotel is called hotel x in toronto which like sounds like the hotel from john wick so like it does, it doesn't even it sounds like a like an underground organization lives there, but um, and they got like yeah they got all these restaurants they got like a beautiful part of Toronto essentially is going to be open for them so it's yeah and it, and it sounds like in terms of just like the most important thing is safety this thing doesn't work if no one's safe and. I think like if you compare like I've said like I think the MLB is going to be okay, but the way the MLB handled this like they just essentially strong arm the players into forcing them to play, and the NBA the is, MLB even handle this like <laughs> no no not really okay I was being generous but uh <laughs> and then and then and then the NBA I think the NBA was handling it okay I think just the the timing was bad like I think it's just like originally like disney world in florida and i'm also not trying to be a pessimist like for that league it could work out like once they're in the they're in the bubble now so it seems like it's just these play i don't trust the discipline of an nba player versus an nhl player yeah they, they don't it doesn't seem like they have the amenities that the nhl players are getting yeah if you're um, not hearing about uh the bartenders quarantining for that in disney yeah no it's like they're but uh, to go into Try getting alcohol in Disney, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you can get a Mickey Mouse mojito. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I'd get fat. Off, well, I'm already fat, but I'd get fat off those Mickey yeah, Mouse. Um, you're beautiful. Uh, ice cream pops. They got the the covered in chocolate those, one. Those are fucking good. I wonder if they could opt to quarantine in Epcot. <laughs> I guess if you go around, certain, uh, if you know if you pick a certain yeah. part of Epcot, you're safe from the virus. Just don't go around. Team gets a different country. Just, country yeah, just don't quarantine in the American section, or else you're fucked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So, all right. Fucking so, uh, fucking Morocco is better off than we. Are. <laughs> <laughs> um, to uh to jump into just another side of the uh the lockdown and the bubble. Um. 
43 players so far have tested positive for COVID-19 out of, does it list the tests? Uh, 5,000 test total with 600 plus players involved. So that's, so this is NHL. Yeah. So I think it's only like a 7%, 7% have tested positive. And Wait, in terms of re- those numbers again, um, out of the players, it's, uh, yeah. 43 players out of 600 plus. That's about like point. That's point zero seven. Yeah. Oh, point zero seven, and then five, and then five thousand total. I was going to say seven percent of the league is a lot. Point <laughs> seven. That's that's better. And then um point zero seven. So it's not even a point. Like we're talking okay. like less than one per. It's, less than one percent. Good is what you're saying. <laughs> yes, it's very. And then good. <laughs> five thousand COVID tests have been conducted in total with like all staff and everything. So I mean, it's, that's that's good. That's, you know, I mean, if there's only 47 that tested positive, then 43, 43, 43 Still. players, 43 players. Did they say how many coaches or no? No. I mean, they said, uh, actually that might be including coaches. I'm not a hundred percent sure. And then that number is even lower. So they're in a good spot right now. Oh, it's 30 players return, 30 returning players for phase two of the protocol, which was before. And then, 13 players who tested positive for COVID-19 outside of phase two. So like there was in phase two, it was kind of like you could go to your, your respective city. So like the flyers could train in Voorhees, which is their training center, but you also were allowed to, um, you were allowed to be in like your home city. You were allowed to stay, stay somewhere else in order to um, like players could go home essentially. So, you know but how now, many players chose to do that? I don't think a lot of flyers did. I know. Uh, I think most of them stayed. I think Kevin Hayes stayed in in his Philly apartment. A lot of them stayed in Philly. I don't know how many. I know like uh, Nick David went home and like those players, but um, mm-hmm. only thirteen players tested positive. And but now everyone in Phase Three is reported to training camp. So now everyone is in the Phase Three of like they have to be in their city and they have to stay safe. Yeah. Um, and uh, now, and now because of phase three, also the, the league can confirm Corona case viruses before they weren't confirmed. They would say like, Oh, a player can't skate today or something, but now they can confirm like someone has been tested for coronavirus, So they're keeping it out or something. So okay. they can be, so there's honesty now, if the teams abide that, if they just say like, Oh, this player, there's been a couple players who like, it said like this player can't skate today. So everyone's like, Oh, he probably has coronavirus, but then turns out like he broke his ankle. But, uh, um, yeah. So, I mean, that's pretty much it in terms of like the entire return process. Uh, there's a lot more obviously to go into, but I don't, I don't want to take up the whole episode, just talking and discussing the whole, cause I mean, we still got two weeks until, games even start so i'm sure even in next week's episode i can go into even more about how how this is going to pan out because we'll also know more players potentially who could have test positive we'll know though there's a bunch of staffers who left starting today to go to the hub cities and to um you know make sure 
that they're starting to quarantine and get everything set up for the teams to get out there. Cause once the teams get out there, it's essentially, they got two days of sitting around and then the exhibition game starts July 28th. So, um, yeah, it's what these yeah. players do in the next two weeks that, uh, going to determine if they get the virus or not. It, yeah. It's, it's, it's the two weeks. It's, it's a very uncertain time right now. And I'm, but I'm starting to drink the Kool-Aid a little bit. I'm starting to start, <laughs> I'm starting to get optimistic. I'm starting to get like, giddy again because i like you know it was tough for a little while because i was like hard to get excited because i was like oh so fucking uncertain why would i get excited but now i'm starting to see all these like hype videos for like the nhl's releasing and i'm just like oh they're getting me we are on the cusp we're on the cusp of stanley cup playoffs i know in august which is like so if, <laughs> yeah. if you were going to tell me like five years ago i was like what what's one thing you think you'll never see i'd be like oh playoffs and you know the summer like deep summer this is like this is like my dream but this also is, like the only thing that's worth living for at the moment so it's like there's nothing else going on <laughs> yeah this is the uh usually the time of year where it's only uh mlb that's going on and i'm starting to gear up yeah. for football season like it's starting to get to the point where like training can't and even that's uncertain so it's like, yeah i don't know what the nfl yeah so it's like the only thing we got going oh, on right now is we're gonna have the nhl the mlb and I guess the NBA, but I, I, like I said, I'm pessimistic about the NBA a little bit. Cause I just don't know if these players can handle, but that's on our podcast. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but, uh, that's all right. For another, that's for another, uh, host. Yeah. It's for someone else. Yeah, to, that's you know, really... Um, all right. So what do you want me to get into now? By the way, we're trying to branch out and we're, you know, if, if anybody wants to uh, contact us about becoming a host for another podcast, let us know. Uh, I think you'll have to redo that, Jim, because Eric started talking like he's going to cut that part out. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he's like, what should we do now? And then you just jumped right into that. Okay, I will. I wasn't going to cut that out. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Sounded like uh, you were talking to us. No, uh, I mean, I was. I was like, how do you guys want me to lead next? Because there's a lot to get into, but I also don't want to um, – I don't want to – go too off the rails and I want to save some stuff for you know. Do you, want me, in, do you want me to jump into the flyers? Uh, I, I was, yeah, we could do flyers. I was going to say, uh, talk a little bit about, uh, our buddy Lindblom. Oh, well then we'll jump into the flyers. So we haven't really, give it, wait, well, uh, give it a pause. Why? Are you going to edit this? I wasn't going to, but I will now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, give it a give it a pause. All right, so Oscar Lindblom, Jim, Oscar Strong, Eric. Tell me a little Oscar bit about a uh, little bit about Oscar. So How's I don't know. Did we discuss it last week in our in our like little rebootish episode? Did we talk yeah. about it at all? Um, no. so Oscar Limblom, uh, obviously he's a forward on the Philadelphia Flyers. We love him, but, uh, well, during the, I think it was the early part of the season, this season, which it's so weird to say this season. It, it was about <laughs> around like, I think it was like around, uh, November, December. 
Yeah. So around like November, December, he had tested, uh, tested positive. <laughs> he had tested. Got to get out of that mentality. Not yeah. everything's about Corona. Eric. Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, he, he was tested for, um, cancer and it was unfortunately found that he had Ewing sarcoma, which is a very rare, uh, like cancer of the bone, more specifically like the bone marrow. Uh, apparently it's a uh, it's it's like re- like a one in a million chance you get it. So I if I was Oscar because we can say this now if I was Oscar I probably wouldn't go to the casino with him because his his <laughs> I guess it depends how you look at it. Is he lucky? I guess he's unlucky. I don't I don't know. But uh, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, he is officially done his cancer treatments, which is such a blessing. I'm I'm just you know he's one of the flyers key pieces, but even besides the athletic standpoint and the sports standpoint, just someone being that young around our age, uh, 23, 24, um, yeah. uh, Like what the fuck (laughs) him getting cancer and, you know, being able to beat it, staying strong. And, uh, just every time they showed him, every time he showed up, he just had a smile on his face and they actually, uh, they, there was a video that came out of him skating last month. Um, on the ice. Dude looks and, like he's ready to play. Get him back out on the ice, man. Yeah. Uh, to answer that question, because I'm sure people are thinking that he will not be playing in the playoffs, obviously, which is you didn't expect. Um, so he'll be ready for next season whenever that happens. He <laughs> but, will be uh, ready for next season? Yeah, he's looking at coming back that's, next season. That's yeah. great news. Um, so congrats to Oscar, uh, to his girlfriend, who posted the news. And uh, congrats to the organization on uh, I they were with him every step of the way and they were very supportive of him. Every time AV talked about him, he was like smiling, saying like there was one clip I remember. It was like, did you see Oscar? It's beautiful, <laughs> beautiful. And he's like smiling from uh, one of those like teeth to teeth grins. It was awesome. But uh, uh, yeah, he's, he's, a just, good, he's a good kid. Yeah, just I, positive. I like watching yeah. him. Just positive, positive news. Yeah, he really became the. Uh... Sorry, go ahead. No, you were just gonna say he became the heart of the team, right? Yeah, he became yeah. the heart of the team. Yeah, and they they were all playing for Oscar. That's also the type of thing where like a team can kind of collapse, understandably, under that because like that's a lot of emotion. But for them to just just build and build and keep kicking ass and playing for him, and it's it's just it says a lot about the team and it just says a lot about Oscar and the impact that he has on the locker room. So yeah, just really happy it, that I, he's. I think about the time where he was sidelined, that's when they really started to pick up too. Right. Yeah. And he yeah. was leading yeah. the team in goals when he went down, he had like 10 or yeah. 11 goals in like eight games or something. Like it was, it was some ridiculous stat. Yeah. Um, it was, it was definitely crushing when he yeah. had to leave. Because he would have, I mean, he was, it was his breakout season, which goes to show that the potential he's going to, he has in his career. I mean, when he comes back next year, yeah. he's going to be a force. So, um, yeah, just congrats to Oscar. Very happy news. But, uh, great news. A lot of good things to look forward to. Yeah. I mean, it's good for the future of the team because he's, uh, this team's deep, man. <laughs> just tell it you. It really is. I didn't realize how deep we were until like I I boasted about him, but I like after the season I was holy shit, we are set. <laughs> even even like the the 
guys that you take off the bench are still solid. Yeah, the like, third and fourth they, liners. Like, we have a full deep four-line team. Like, you can roll your lines and you never have to worry about, like, and that's something the Flyers haven't had for, like, 10 years. They've they've had, like, you know, the Giroux line, the Couturier line, and then it was, you know, a bunch of guys who probably should be playing in the minors. But Speaking of Couturier, the dude is a star. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he's uh he's rumored to get nominated for best defensive forward of the year because they're rolling out the um they're rolling out the awards each day, which I guess I should start talking about it now because it's one of Perfect. my sidelines. Yeah, I know good segue, right? That's yeah, all. Absolutely. We we took a four we took a four month hiatus for me to work on my segues. <laughs> but uh that was definitely the plan yeah no that's why we just disappeared one day we didn't really talk about that Jim. we just like didn't say anything for four months we just did announce like oh we'll be back like we just were like oh season's over <laughs> yeah I, I think that. i i think i think the people will understand like yeah i mean we were debating all six back. all six of you all six of you that are listening uh, i mean we, we appreciate you just so chaotic around that time because you didn't yeah. even know if they were going to play through it or if they'd be we back like a month or at We all. really didn't have any means of doing the podcast we, either. We, we, I went was into debating, quarantine and yeah, I was debating doing something like um, maybe us doing like sports stories, but even that would have got bland and just wouldn't. Uh, I would have rather just waited, but we're we're getting lucky. So I mean, I could have given my synopsis of both uh, the the movie The Natural and the uh, documentary series by uh, Ken Burns, Baseball. <laughs> <laughs> you can still do that if you want. I mean, not, if you, I'll if, save that for the off season. How about I'll you just that do that? How about season. how about we create because we're you know a podcasting network now why don't we branch out we can have jim's five-part series called do like one-off the, nat- the natural we could do my, well, i could do my own ken burns series of- yeah. <laughs> the natural <laughs> by jim <laughs> in the style of ken burns great uh, movie by the way that was no it is movie. great great movie i like have that movie a lot. yeah i've seen it, of course okay i'm okay. the movie guy i know that is true but but baseball is not always your thing. I, don't I like. I like. Have you seen movies. Have you seen the documentary series Baseball? No, I haven't seen that. That is it. I recommend. It, it's interesting. It starts off telling you the history of the sport, and then it comes into like it's so weird because Bob Costas is like crazy young. I think he's like twenty in the video, in the documentary. Does he age? And you see him like. Wait, what is it called? It's just baseball. Just baseball. Ken Burns baseball. But, like, when they did it, I think it was, like, in the 70s. So, like, wow. um, Bob Costas is, like, really freaking young, and it's so weird looking at him. <laughs> um, but to uh, – where were we? We got distracted by baseball. We we, we <laughs> fucked up the segue. We fucked up the segue. Uh, we, you actually we ruined my segue. <laughs> we had to, like, you somehow – You had somehow, to acknowledge it. Yeah, that was my beautiful segue that you – I mean, the acknowledgement's okay. It's Jim, it's Jim deviating to a whole, like, here's what's on my Netflix watch list. <laughs> <laughs> I believe we were about to talk about um, – so, so, let's go uh, back. Uh, the award. The so award. The award. is a star. Oh, yeah. yeah. Speaking of awards, the um, – <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
The Flyers coach, Elaine Vigneault, AV for short, as many of us call him, was nominated today for the Jack Adams uh, Coach of the Year Award. So uh, congrats to him. He's actually been nominated five times now with four different teams. And, I mean, that's just obviously huge for the Flyers to be having, you know, finally a really, really great coach uh, who last year a lot of people were kind of down on, you know. A lot of people were down on him. A lot of people were down on Kevin Hayes. And then they all, all this, all these moves that seemed that Chuck Fletcher seemingly made. Uh, everything just seemed to work. Yeah. It's it, everything fell into place, uh, which I do actually think Chuck Fletcher has a really good chance of getting nominated for GM of the year as well. We talked about Couturier getting nominated for defense, uh, defensive player of the year. And um, I don't know about any other awards, but uh, if AV wins, the Jack Adams award. That'll be the fifth Flyers coach in history. Who's won, making the Flyers the most uh, coaching coach of the year wins in the NHL history. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know they won that many times. Oh. I was trying to think back who yeah. won. And I was like, who the fuck? I think um, Fred Shiro won the coach of the 74, 75 uh, Stanley yeah, Cup would, team. He won. He was, he was also nominated like five times, but there was also only like 10 teams. So it wasn't really slim pickings, but uh, yeah, no, congrats to AV. I mean, I love AV. He just, he's got this energy to him. The players seem to love playing for him. He opened training camp last year with uh, the quote of all quotes for flyers fans, be a fucking flyer. Like that was like, that's, <laughs> that's, I mean, he, I fell in love with that guy immediately. I was like, this guy is the coach I've always wanted. He gets I mean, it. He gets Philly. He does. He gets Philly. It's funny because like, you know, the last coach that I really, really loved was uh Labby. And uh, I, 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 they're both great coaches, but uh, like AV just came in like, like a freight train. But, uh, and also it's nice because they actually had like a summer to work together to get everything in order. Like Labby when he was hired was one of those like in season firing and hiring type deals. So it was like very chaotic. Uh, but you know, yeah, he was, um, I'm just, you know, I'm glad that AB's ours. It's just, I've always, I've always liked AB as a coach, but I didn't really know like how much of a funny guy he is, how like charismatic w- until like they started interviewing and his, 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 uh, catchphrase is always after a game day when he's like, I'm going to go have a martini now. <laughs> it's just like, I can't wait for him to be sipping martinis out of cup. Let me tell you, actually, speaking of that. I was thinking about this today, and I'm, I, you guys are going to be like the same way. So let's say the Flyers do win the cup. How are they going to share the cup? Like, how are they going to, how are they going to pass it from player to player in every city? Oh. Are they going to like, is it going to, are they, is it going to send it through like one of those like industrial dishwashers to clean it? Because like, you're not, you're like, you're not going to like, it's, that's a germ infestation. Like, and also you can't like, the whole thing about a Stanley cup is like, Oh, you get like your friends and families to get together. But like if everything shut down, there's there's no gatherings of more than this X amount and all this stuff. Like how, I mean, we're thinking way too far ahead because the games are coming I back. Mean, but like, even for any I'm, team, I, like, I mean, everybody's going to be quarantined there for so long. No, but like with families well, get like when families get well, together they and leave stuff, the bubble. 
Yeah, then they leave the bubble and then they pass the the NHL brings the cup to like each player's individual like town or wherever they want it and then they get it for a day. I don't know, man. That's right. something. That, that's, I mean, we got a couple that, months to think about. That's, that's something you got to yeah. think about when it comes to. I yeah. mean, it's going to happen, but. Like. I would, and I'm not even thinking just being <laughs> biased for us. I'm thinking just in general, like, what's the NHL going to do? But they're, yeah, that's fucking, for all, we, mean, know, for all we know, it could be over. We could be, it, like, who knows? Like, it could, something could happen where, like, maybe a vaccine is created, then people start getting it, and then maybe the they loosens up once everything starts to kind of get. But, you know, I don't. I don't want to get into it's the very, whole like, world view of everything. And like, I don't think it's just going to be like, everyone's going to be like, Oh, let's all go out now. If it's over. Like, I think it's going to take at least a year or two of people like getting out of their comfort zone. Cause I mean, right. if you're, everyone's stuck at home for so long that like, and then, and constantly you open your phone to Twitter and you put the news on, it's, it's like just fear. So, I mean, I don't know, but back to positive hockey, um, back to the cup. I'm pretty sure. Like when they take it out in public, it's a replica anyway. So maybe they do something where they have multiple. Really? Do they? Is that yeah? True? I th- I'm, I think so. I don't because I know uh, someone would have dented it. Like no, someone would have no, dropped yeah, it. No, they. Yeah. My uh, my dad um and little brother played on a team with uh Craig Bruby's um girlfriend's son and when oh. the blues won the cup last year, oh. they went to meet the cup. They went to the cup. Like they went to like a cup thing. They brought around new hope and he, uh, it's the real cup. It's still got all the fucking nicks and dents in it. Hmm. So the 3d printers do exist now. Just shut <laughs> up, Jim. All right. I'm trying to, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's I'm been just a fake one for about five years now. I'm just, I don't know, boys. I'm just really excited for hockey to be back. I could get into so much right now, but also I, I want to, I don't want to talk too much. And this is a huge episode. We're jumping right back into. Um, so I'm sure next week I can get a little bit more in depth in terms of like their schedule and what's going to happen. And I'm sure like more players are going to be flying out and it's going to be more like hectic next week. So I think, we can get yeah. into we can get into more we can get even deeper in like the Flyers talk next week if you guys well next good. week yeah. yeah next week we have uh Flyers Penguins oh shit yeah I think that's the twenty fourth yeah uh, it's the twenty eighth next week we also have uh, a yeah. bait or no wait, I guess don't take over my baseball. podcast Jim this is mine I'm now saying, <laughs> I'm just saying um but yeah Let's get so to the promotion I'll get I'll get into uh. I'll get into the flyers and everything next week. And that'll lead us right into the first exhibition game on the 28th, which will be televised on NBC sports, Philadelphia plus they announced today. So it'll be a, it'll be a, not a national game. It'll be a, um, or it'll probably be a national game, but they're going to televise it on the Philly broadcast. Nice. Um, Um, I think every, there's only one game being played at a time. So everyone's going to be watching every game. Yeah. Uh, they might overlap a little bit between the two hub cities, but it'll never be, it'll never be like, um, you know, a game will play like the flyers and whoever they right. play will play. And if it say goes into overtime, that game will just get pushed off a little bit. Like they'll just delay the game a little bit, which it's how like a March madness sometimes is, you know, like games They're waiting for the waiting for the rink to open up. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, but I'll go in more depth into that next week and we'll just kind of go into like the flyers. We'll discuss their, why well, we didn't really discuss the roster, but we can do that next week. Cause it's not like anyone's going to get cut or anything. Yeah. I think they, uh, never know. The only the, the final moves. Yeah. The only person who's obviously not on the roster and was pretty much, I didn't think was going to not was going to be on the roster is Nolan Patrick has officially yeah. been rolled out for the rest of the year with his migraines. Um, but he did tell Chuck Fletcher in like a zoom call that this is the best he's felt in the past, like four months. So it sounds like he's getting better and he's just looking for next year. And obviously you're not going to take someone who hasn't played all year and throw him into the most grueling competition in potentially all pro sports like you're not going to yeah, throw him into because his conditioning isn't there and like god forbid he gets fucking loaded in the middle of the ice and just cranked and then all of a sudden he's out for ever so you want to make sure you're taking their flyers are really good it seems like taking the precautions because they immediately jumped on the limb bomb thing and he they he was complaining of a bruise and they got him an x-ray so like it wasn't mm-hmm. like they're pretty good with their health with their uh, medical staff so I have zero faith that they're uh, they're taking this very seriously, but um, yeah, I think that's it for for me. Uh, do you guys have anything else to add? Go for it. We hit all the points today. Yeah, yeah, we did. The only thing I wanted to talk about was the roster, but we can hit that next week. That sounds good to me, man. All right, so um, this has been the is the Grittisons of Philadelphia sticking. I'm cool with it. Or do you that guys, or nitty gritty? It's the nitty those gritty, those the two, nitty right? gritty gang. <laughs> yeah, that's up to you, man. Make the call. All right, I'm gonna call. We're gonna say it's the Grittisons of Philly. Grittisons of Philly. There we go. All right, there we are. All right, this is the. All right, so this has been the Grittisons of Philly podcast. Uh, thanks everyone who listened. It was really good for Nick to join the crew. Uh, good first episode. Your hazing is complete. <laughs> um, that's pretty tame. Yeah. Tell us where we can find you, Eric. You can find me on Twitter at Eric. Fuck. (laughs) Hold on. Let me. (laughs) At (laughs) Eric. Fuck. You heard it here. At Eric (laughs) underscore Rayer 11. Um, A lot of flyer stuff will be tweeted now that everything's, uh, you know, kicked back up. Um, Where can they find you guys? Go ahead, Nick. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess uh, nowhere. Yeah. No. I'm at NickBug9. I'll be retweeting everything that Eric tweets. Uh, you can find me. You can find me at Jimmy Coleman, K U L L M A N N. Uh, you could also find our podcast tweets at Stick Energy, capital S, capital E. We rebranded it today as Big Stick Energy uh, Productions. To- <clears throat> So we'll be a little bit more, you know, we're going to try to tweet as we're going to tweet equally as much between the two, um, between the two, yeah. uh, podcasts. Um, speaking you of, can, two, you can also, next? hold on. You can also email us at, um, big at gmail.com. Send us a question. If you have any, um, make sure you give us a, a, a like on, um, on Twitter, check us out on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Music, Apple, Apple Podcast, Podcast, Apple Podcast, 
any major podcasting app. Yep. And uh, make sure you check out our <laughs> other podcast that is featuring Phillies talk with uh, Jimbo Coleman. You know, and barreled up we'll on be, broad, ladies yep, and gentlemen. We'll be leading and the charge there. I'll be broad. adding color. Yeah, commentary we'll be over there. We'll be over there in a few minutes. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna but, do that uh, do that section. Uh, but uh, I think this has been Gritisons of Philly podcast, everyone. So uh, enjoy your night and let's go Flyers.